Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Dan Henry, author of Digital Millionaire Secrets. And if you want to level up your relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I'm sitting down with Dan Henry. Dan is the founder of GetClients.com and author of the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling book, Digital Millionaire Secrets. Dan helps entrepreneurs sell their advice or services online for a high ticket price and has been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, Business Insider, and more. Dan really knows the struggle. He once even had to sell water bottles on the side of the road just to survive, pay the bills, but he did not give up and eventually built himself an eight-figure empire. And since then, his company has helped thousands of entrepreneurs around the world turn their dreams into reality. Guys, it's going to be such a fun conversation that we have with Dan. Um, I can't wait to get into that. But first, really quickly, if you like to be interviewed on podcasts or you yourself are a podcaster and you're looking for better guests, then I think you'll like this really cool software platform that my team and I built out recently called Guestio. Basically, it's the world's first marketplace that's full of high quality guests and shows to go get to go pitch and bring onto your show, um, or vice versa. It's a dual sided marketplace. So think of it like cameo, but for podcasts. So if you want to get somebody on your show, but you haven't been able to get a hold of anybody on their team, and you've been reaching out for months on end, 
might be easier just to pay them to come on. So head over to guestio.com, guestio.com, and uh, create a totally free account. Browse through our selection of guests and shows today. That's guestio.com. Dan, what is up, my man? Appreciate you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Good afternoon, man. I'm happy to be here. Yes, sir. So I want to dive in and build a little bit of context first, because I think context is uh, queen if content is king, right? So um, I like to dive in and talk a little bit about where you came from and how you got to where you are now. So let's rewind the clock. I'm talking like all the way back, man. Like, let's say 12 year old Dan Henry set the scene for us, you know, family life, school, you know, what were you involved in? What were you up to at that time? Oh man, that's a long time ago. I, well, I grew up in a small town, uh, Spring Hill, Florida, very, very small town, pretty much, you know, the, the, the height of success in this town was like assistant manager at Applebee's. That was pretty much as high as you could go. Um, <laughs> I hear and, you, man. That's, very similar to where I grew up. So I, I'm yeah. on the same page. And I tried multiple times to get out. I always got sucked back in. But when I was 12, I think, I don't even remember what I was doing when I was 12. I think I, think I was just like playing baseball. I played baseball with the league for eight years. You know, my parents were, my dad was a radio personality, radio DJ. My mother worked in the car industry. And, you know, she, she was like a manager for service center. So they had wildly different jobs, uh, wildly different personalities. I was actually raised by my grandparents because my grandparents lived two doors down. And so they raised me while my parents were, uh, were working. Grandfather was very, very, he instilled a lot of ambition in me. He kept telling me, you know, you can be whatever you want if you put your mind to it. Like he must have said that every day. And I think that's probably like a subconscious thing in the back of my mind. Uh, I just really don't see limits. I don't, I don't see there being any limits. I think that's because my grandfather really beat it into my head that, that there wasn't. And unfortunately, he, he got to see a bit of my success before he died, but not anything like what I have now, what I've done now. So, you know, it would have been nice for him to see it, but, but yeah, that was my life at 12. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you, man. And that, those kind of relationships have such a huge influence uh, when it's something that is seemingly so small, yet makes such a huge difference when you consider how uh, big of a part your mindset plays into literally any sort or any level of success in any industry across all fields. So um, definitely one of those things that uh, you you have to, if you don't have somebody like that in your life, you literally, you, you have to try to overcome all of the horrible negativity bias that exists inside of our own mind naturally just through, you know, evolution really. And so it's cool to hear that. It's your default programming. It's your default programming. Most people, most people actually, their views, their opinions, the way they look at the world, it's not actually their own. Uh, It's just what was instilled in them. And to me, until you challenge categorically pretty much everything you believe, it's not really your opinion yet until you challenge it and really try to do your own due diligence and think for yourself. And I think that's the biggest problem in the world today is people don't think for themselves. And as soon as they do, they learn that they can be a lot more successful than they are. But unfortunately, society uh, society is systematically designed to punish and restrict people from thinking independently. And so you won't find anything about that in school or in many books. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. Uh, why? Why do you think? Do you, Do you think that it's a lack of desire to think 
that way or do you think that it is related to a internal fear of perhaps maybe challenging a belief that you've structured your life around and finding that that belief may actually not be totally true and you might need to change your entire value structure do you think it's like totally related to to fear and internal fear do you think that it's just lack of awareness well i mean it's not lack of awareness it's blatant manipulation i'll give you an example let's say you grow up and your parents say stay out of debt well they say that because they heard it on the radio because they were systematically programmed and their parents and their parents to tell you to stay out of debt any successful entrepreneur and investor knows that that's a complete lie that debt when leveraged properly can be a beautiful thing i'll give you a perfect example i bought uh recently bought a two million dollar yacht cash got a recapture loan on it i had to buy it cash to get certain things to happen to have a tax deduction i charter it i do business events on it that produces income uh, most of the yacht was paid for in the tax deduction so either either was going to go to the irs or the or the um you know the the boat i'll, I'll take the boat <laughs> but the, the, here's the thing there's about thirty thousand dollars a month in you know in expenses well 20 to 30 30 is the high end uh, that's crew that's fuel that's maintenance so you say, okay, Dan, even if you broke, even if you're all broken even, you still have twenty dollars to $30,000 a month in expenses for that yacht. Sure, I do. But I get most of that money I paid for the yacht back in a recapture loan. I take that money, I put it into an investment. Like right now, I have a six-month investment with a food service company that has government contracts, so it's super locked down. It's 16% back in six months. That pays for like eight months of all those expenses. So like, but that's, you know, that's debt. I let you leverage right. debt and I'm actually leveraging my debt and somebody else is leveraging their debt against mine. And so when you actually educate yourself and know how to use debt, you'd be surprised all the things that you can get essentially free. But if you just grow up and well, my dad told me that stay out of debt. Like you're never going to understand those things and you're never going to be able to live life to the fullest. And there's so many things you can do for your family. Like people don't even realize things like becoming your own bank or leveraging a home equity line of credit or like they don't know how these things work because they never bothered to actually sit down and educate themselves on how to leverage the power of money. And so, and so they don't. And the only reason they don't sit down and, and, and look into it is because their parents or their friends or their pastor or their youth leader or somebody said, you know, somebody who's basically broke or has yeah. no financial acumen whatsoever said stay out of debt. And that's one of a thousand misconceptions about life that is programmed into us. And if you don't think that's on purpose by, uh, you know, people that, that benefit from those beliefs being circulated well then i have air to sell you but for some of us uh for some of us we break three free of that construct and learn you know how to think for ourselves and that's that's what i'm a big proponent of right and especially if you're somebody that wants more out of life than what is average or mediocre or what is typical because I find that basically all of the schooling systems, culture as, as a whole really pushes you to just be that, just another, you know, uh, just another cog in the machine. Uh, you know of what course, I mean? if our schooling, to, yeah, yeah, if our schooling system pushed you to be more than average, our economy would fall apart. So 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you think about it, if everybody excelled, the economy right. would crash. Right, so. right. And it's, you know, more difficult to control a crowd of free thinkers than it is to uh, control a crowd of people who are told exactly what to think. So, Well, that, that's the other thing is throughout history, it's been proven that governments and societies do not like, they punish and they restrict free thinkers. Yeah. The idea that we've stopped doing that in the last hundred years, in 2000 years of history is, is a bit absurd. So... Yeah, especially there's some very culturally relevant things that I don't want to get into that would prove that significantly. So no, totally on the same page, man. And just to get kind of go on that good debt, bad debt thing too, before we move on, huge proponent of that myself. And I, I got a buddy that owns a funding company, does like gap funding and stuff. And when I did my, when I first launched my podcast, I basically was like, well, I need to learn about this new industry. And so investing in myself became top priority. So I pulled out 0% interest credit card. And that's what I put basically, you know, coaching programs, events, masterminds, flew all over the country, met people. That's you get how points like, on that too, right? That's exactly right. And you get a lot yeah. of points on that. You know what I mean? So like now all of a sudden, like a travel starts to be free and those things that, so like, and that was a 0% credit card and I paid it off with the money for my new podcast. You know what I mean? Before the 0% interest period stopped. So it's free debt that I didn't have to pay anything for that I just got to carry for a while until I generated the income. Now, the dumb thing would be to go, you know, justify buying two brand new computers for your studio because you have a credit card that, you know, you can put debt onto, right? Like there's definitely a, a line that you want to draw and make sure that you're actually using it for real investments. But I did the same thing with my software company. When I started my software company, I knew we were going to be investing, you know, six figures into development. And, uh, and I didn't want to uh, basically spend the actual liquid cash in my account to do that. So we got pulled out, I went to my buddy Bill again, um, and uh, pulled out a few different credit cards, all 0% interest in the name of my business. So it doesn't go against my personal debt. It only lists as the LLC debt, which was a new LLC that we opened for the ability to open those credit lines. And then we used all of those at 0% interest without having to pay any points, without having to give, give up any equity, without having to take on any investment capital. And we were able to fill that up. So uh, I'm totally with you, man. Like the, the good debt, bad debt conversation is one of those things that, um, that- That's one of many conversations that, that I yeah. think if you, if you take, if you took a group of high level entrepreneurs and you sat them on one side of the room and you took a group of college professors and you sat them on the other side of the room, you right. wouldn't really have too many agreements in that room. <laughs> 100%, 100%. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like, like, like hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is 
the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So anyway, to not belabor that point, let's go ahead and move on in your story here. So high school, you're in, you're in Florida. What, what happens college age for you? I went to college, uh, dropped out uh, in my fourth year because they tried to change the requirements. It, it's funny, when I was in college was what really gave me the, that, that was the moment for me that actually sort of got me into entrepreneurship. I was sitting in a guitar center down the street from, down the street from the college and I was going to school for audio engineering. So I used to hang out at guitar center every day and play with guitars that I uh, couldn't afford. And one day this guy says to me, uh, or I'm sorry, I was, I was in the guitar center and I saw a guy trying to decide what kind of microphone to purchase. And the dude at the cashier, he didn't know what he was talking about. And so I went over and I said, Hey man, you know, what are you trying to do? And, and uh, I had taken intro to recording a couple, couple weeks uh, before that, gave him some advice. He was impressed with the advice. He said, Hey, can I pay you a hundred dollars an hour to, to come to my house? Oh, sorry, it was $50 an hour. Uh, can I pay you $50 an hour to come to my house for a couple hours and teach me how to use my home recording software? So I said, sure. So I went over, I didn't get killed or kidnapped or anything uh, and uh, showed him how to use it, walked away with a hundred bucks. And that was like, wait, I just got paid for my advice. And that was the first time I ever got paid for my advice. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately being young and in college, I just, I think I blew it on food and maybe some beer and I didn't really think about it. But years later, I remembered that day and I, I, I really started pursuing education and learning how to sell my advice uh, and then ended up growing it into a $20 million company. So um, that, was, that was the first moment that I realized people will pay for what you know. So from that moment until the moment, let's say you made your first million dollars online. So from that moment until you made your first million dollars online in this new business, how much time went by in that time period and what were all the different things? Cause I know that you were, I know, I know a couple of the things in your story from your book and stuff, but I want you to kind of just give people a, a glimpse of what was happening during that window. Well, I didn't really try to make a million dollars at that time. I did set up a little company where I charged 50 bucks an hour to basically, they didn't have zoom at the time, but basically zoom with people and, and show them how to use their software over screen share and that got me through college. Uh, and then I did all kinds of stuff. I owned a bar, actually I owned two bars. Um, I did all kinds of crazy stuff. It invested in softwares, it didn't work out. It really wasn't until, uh, I believe it was like 2000, I'm, I'm bad with time, probably 2015 that I had a really bad year. And I was basically so broke that I couldn't pay the electric. In fact, me and my wife at the time had to sell water bottles on the side of the road to, to try to keep the lights on. And so that was bad. And then, you know, 
I, I, you know, we sat down, me and my wife sat down and had a discussion and I kept opening businesses. Right. And I, I, we couldn't afford to open another business, but she said to me, she says like, you know, Dan, you're, you've always been good at marketing. You learned marketing, you, you marketed for your bar. You just, you're bad at all the other business stuff, you know? And uh, I said, yeah, that's true. She's like, why don't you just like charge people a fee to do their marketing? I'm like, hmm, okay. So I started doing that, made some pretty good money, got up to about 20, 25 grand a month for a nice little six month stint and thought I was doing well. Then I got a letter in the mail from the IRS that said I owe 250,000 in back taxes. Again, because I was bad at business. <laughs> um, oh, and so that was another, like- Another one of those things they don't talk about in school. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're not going to teach you how to prop. They don't teach accounting, real accounting in school. Right, they don't yeah. teach, Actual they don't teach accounting, that stuff. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know what they teach in school, but hardly <laughs> any, of, any of it's useful and all of it can be read on Google or in a book at the library. In elementary school, high school, college, unless you're a doctor or a lawyer, then of course. But uh, so, so they, they wanted me to pay two fifty. So that was like, all right, I, I've got to figure this out. So I started googling what's like the fastest way to make money online. Like I went full, like primal, you know, flight or flight. And I read this article about this guy who made two hundred twenty grand uh, launching an online course. I'm like, well. Pfft. There it is. And everybody was always asking me about marketing and about how to start an agency. So I started an agency course, $100,000 my first month, realized that this is, this is what I need to do. Made a million in five months. Five months later, hit a million. Scaled that to $8 million, And then I kind of got over teaching that particular thing. And I had made $8 million uh, teaching how to run, do, do marketing for local business. So I decided to now help others who want to sell their advice because I think after 8 million bucks, I think I'm qualified to help, help people sell their advice. <laughs> so I started doing that. Yeah. Um, and then we, we also, I mean, we help everybody. If, if you're, what we've sort of, my company always evolves, right? So at first I taught people how to sell their advice and then I learned better ways of doing things. And now we focus on helping people sell for, you know, pretty much, the, the highest price in the market, but also providing the best possible service, product, advice, consulting. So we work with course creators, coaches, consultants, even doctors, lawyers, attorneys, you know, uh, services, web designers, graphic designers, uh, anybody that has a service that they want to sell, they want to get good clients, they want to charge a lot so they can provide a good product and not work with cheaper people, still have their customers love them and actually get a better result for their customers because they charge more and give a better, more red carpet experience. I, I call it the red carpet experience. You know, most people, they try to price themselves under the market so that they can, you know, oh, I'm going to provide you value by giving you a deal. And what most people don't realize is that's actually a disservice to your customer. It's much better for your customer if you charge a high ticket price and roll out the red carpet for them rather than charge a low ticket price and shove them in the trailer. And you'll, you'll grow your business a lot faster. That way you'll be happier. You'll have less staff. And so that's who we primarily work with at getclients.com. It's somebody who wants to get clients, but get good clients and not undercharge and, cre and create and, and maintain a premium product or service. Yeah, tell me about the the moment that you realized that was happening because I know I know that you guys were obviously putting up really big numbers with your course and you know you had like a million dollar month or something but I read somewhere that 
your your net profit on that million dollar month took a dive and you had huge, you know, payroll bills and expenses and you had a yeah. larger refund rate, you had more customers to deal with and uh, more people working customer service lines and stuff. And then you switched to doing this higher ticket model that you're just kind of talking right. about and your gross revenue like cut in half, but your profit also like doubled or tripled, right? Am I wrong on that? Yeah, 30%. That so February, 2019, we did a million dollars that month. We've had a lot of million dollar months, but that one was particularly noteworthy because I must've spent, you know, six or 700 grand in ads plus just my employees and all that other stuff. And we had like 2000 support tickets. We had a 11% refund rate. We had a 3% chargeback rate. We had too many customers and it wasn't a red carpet experience. I switched to high ticket and in February of 2020, I did 550,000 in sales. I had virtually no support tickets, no refunds, no chargebacks. I did have 421 support tickets, but 21 of them were related to an existing product. 400 of them were still left over for the old cheap products. Um, mm -hmm. My customers got far better of a return. We had no piracy because it's very difficult to pirate high tickets, especially when if you want to buy, you got to get on the phone and sign a contract. And we made 30% more profit. And I was way, I had half the staff. It was great. Uh, now today, uh, you know, we have million dollar months where I'll take home 800. I, one time, actually, I had a million dollar day. I sold 34 spots into a $30,000 offer in one day, made a million 20,000. And that was virtual, that was virtually all profit because that event, that virtual event that I did uh, was only for people that had already bought into my, you know, main program. And so I just basically emailed them, emailed them and said, come to this event. We had about 160 people there. And out of those 160, we upgraded them to a $30,000 offer, uh, 34 of them. So that's how the million dollar day happened. And that was with the exception of just staff and, you know, my normal expenses, uh, that extra million dollars was all profit. I mean, everything was a wire. So we didn't even have merchant fees on it. Yeah. Let me ask you this, man. How much do you think your initial efforts to bring in that many customers through the door with the course stuff affected your ability to be able to sell the high ticket stuff and be mostly profit at that point? Because when you're spending 700 grand a month in ads and you're doing that profitably, I, I assume you got to be bringing in what, like 30, 40, 50,000, you know, uh, uh, emails onto your list and things like that. So I, I would assume that like you, 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 you do a ton of list building with that, but then when you switch to high ticket, it's probably a lot easier to, to enroll those people because you had an existing list. What, so, so, so basically my question is, how would you break this down for somebody if they're like just getting started to sell their knowledge and they don't have the existing list? How does that work for them? And why does it work better? Uh, it's really no different. I mean, I, I might spend a hundred grand a month on ads now uh, and still make, you know, 700, 800, one, one month we spend like 115, we did 1.5 million. That, that was the month that did, and that was cash collected by the way. Um, not, I know a lot of people throw these revenue revenue. numbers out. It was cash yeah. collected. Everybody throws revenue numbers out and forgets to include their expenses and uh, booked revenue stats and churn. Well, so, well it's yeah. not even expenses. It's just, it, it, you know, Oh, I sold a $30,000 mastermind for $1,000 a month. Yeah. It's, it's like $0 no, dollars up front and it's a balloon payment in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> not, you didn't make, you didn't make that. Um, right. But uh, so here's, here's what I would say. It, it, and it, it really doesn't matter what you do. It, it matters, you know, how you, how you evolve. So for instance, 
a lot of people have this belief that they should start low ticket and work their way up to high ticket. Well, this is a fundamental misunderstanding. You start, let's say you wanted to sell your knowledge, right? Well, start out done for you. So let's say you want, let's say you want to charge $5,000, but you say, oh, I can't charge $5,000 for my knowledge because you know, I'm just, I'm a beginner. I'm, I'm, I'm not that good at it yet. Okay. Well then charge $5,000 to do it for someone so that you can have multiple clients get really, really good at it. That's what I did. And I mean, when I started doing agency work, I was charging four grand a month and that's where I got really, really good. And then you move to consulting and then, or a mastermind or, you know, coaching or a mastermind, but you start in the trenches. It, the price doesn't, you don't have to start. You definitely don't start cheap when you're done for you because you're doing it for them. You can demand, if I was going to build a funnel for somebody, I'd have to charge like $2 million to make it worth my time. You know? So like, I don't do that now because nobody's going to pay $2 million for me to build them a funnel. And if you do, please email me. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but, but so, so <laughs> the natural business choice is to sell the education on it because for my time, it, it's sort of like, if you were to say, okay, I want to pay Tiger Woods for a one-on-one golf lesson, he would probably, to make it worth him taking time out of his day to do that, he'd probably have to charge you like 500 grand or a million bucks and, and maybe more because the guy goes and plays a round of golf and makes like $10 million. You know, I mean, he, he does a two-hour commercial and he makes like $15 million. What He doesn't need to sell one-on-one private lessons, right? So if he was going to create an information product, he probably wouldn't do it as a one-on-one. He would record something for an afternoon and sell access to it. Like we see on like masterclass.com with all these celebrities that do it because it just wouldn't make sense. So for me, I would have to charge you like a million bucks to build your funnel for you and and for it to make sense for my time. So, and I'm not going to, I, I doubt anybody's going to pay that. So instead it's okay. You pay why, for instance, currently to get in my mastermind where, you know, you meet in a group with me in person and I consult you regularly uh, is 55,000 per year. So that's way less than a million dollars, but it's, it's consulting, it's education, it's not done for you. So you can start out still selling high ticket with the same process, the same exact process and sequence that we use to sell high ticket. Anything is the same. doesn't matter if it's a service, doesn't matter if you're an accountant, doesn't matter if it's um, an event or a software, for instance. Let's say you have a software. One of the most brilliant software strategies I've seen is to, instead of giving somebody a free trial or an order page, is you simply have them book a call and you sell them an annual plan. And that's what a, a buddy of mine, Alex Becker, does with his software, Hyros. He's the only person I've seen been able to profitably scale a software business like that. Whereas most uh, SaaS companies are super negative for years until they either exit or build up or they, or they have to take VC capital. Again, you know, unless you sell fidget spinners, I find it hard to find a, an industry where you can't sell high ticket. I mean, look at, per, look at personal training gyms. You got gyms opening up all over the country that are private. You go in, you get a membership and it's like $1,500 a month and you go to that gym for personal training. And we, it's the same concept. If you, if you are a specialist and you provide a red carpet experience, you can charge more and you will attract high ticket buyers. And that's the thing in the market, there are low ticket buyers and there are high ticket buyers. And what that means is there are people who as a first purchase 
will always buy low ticket. And there are people who, as a first purchase, will always buy high ticket. Most gurus funnel people, books, marketing, you know, people, they, they teach you how to speak to low ticket. Hardly anybody teaches you how to speak to the high ticket market. And the high ticket market is vastly untapped because nobody, forgive my, my lack of a better term here, but nobody has the balls to speak to the high ticket market. And when you educate yourself, and that's what we do, we educate people, it's actually easier to speak to the high ticket market than the low ticket because the low ticket market has a low ticket mindset. They don't want to invest a lot in themselves, so they take a lot of convincing. Whereas people who do want to invest in themselves take less convincing because they're already of that high ticket mindset. How many times have you seen somebody go into a pawn shop and argue for hours over buying a watch, but you see somebody go into a Rolex store, they don't argue, they pick out the Rolex that they want and they buy it and that's it. And so that is the perspective. So if you want to start out done for you charging high ticket, you can always start removing yourself the more clout you get, the more authority you get. And that's exactly what I did. I got so much better and better every year at my craft that I could remove myself more and more. Plus I got much better at teaching. So I didn't need to talk to you one-on-one -on -one to get you amazing results because I, I've, I've heard every possible question that one could have. And it, and I refine every six months to a year, I refine my, my, our educational program to cover everything so that you know, my goal is for you not to have questions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. By covering every possible question you could have in our core training. So I hope I hope that uh, sheds some light. Yeah, no, it definitely does. It definitely does, and it, it is totally in line with exactly how I teach a lot of a lot of my clients with in some of our done for you programs that, that we had with with podcasting and and, and stuff like that. So. Um, look, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. I want to be respectful of your time here and, and move right along. So I got to ask you this question because it's the one that I've asked every guest that's ever come on the show. We're almost at 600 episodes now on the podcast. And this is the one that all the guests have answered. So curious to hear your perspective. I think I have a good idea of how you're going to answer it, but, uh, but we'll see. Who you know or what you know, Dan, which of those two do you view as being the most valuable asset in life and why? I would say it's definitely what you know, because most of, and, and you said they're both important. You said most important. Um, I say what you know, because ultimately who you know boils down to what you know. So, you know, if I network, I'm not networking because I want to become friends with someone and whore my way into a situation. It's because I want to learn what they know, because I know that most of the really good, juicy information out there is not in books. Some of it is, but it's not in books. It's definitely not in school. It's in backdoor rooms where people who know it hang out. And so I would say what you know, because who you know still leads to that same road of what you know. Love it, man. Love it. Let's go ahead and move on to this final segment, something I like to call the random round. Just quick, fun, random questions, quick, random answers. You ready? Sure. What profession other than your own do you think that it would have been fun to attempt? A YouTuber on comic book movies. Because <laughs> I could totally do that. That is a niche, bro. You could easily still do that. <laughs> I, I could, but it probably wouldn't pay anywhere near as much as what I do. <laughs> but oh, yeah. I, I, I have opinions on comic books and comic book movies. Trust me. I can break it down. Uh, if you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and chat for an hour, who would it be? Well, I mean, probably like whoever created the universe, but I'm going to assume that that's the default answer. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll skip that. I'd probably say... <sighs> I could sit down 
probably, I would have to do my due diligence and really find out who would be the best. Uh, some names that pop in are like Elon Musk, Steve Jobs. Uh, but I, I would try to find somebody who has done Elon Musk-ish things who started with nothing. And I'm pretty sure Elon Musk started with nothing. I could be wrong on that. So I'm going to say Elon Musk. How do you prefer to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, videos, and then tell me a favorite of whichever one of those you select. Oh, definitely audiobooks, 100%. I listen to them when I'm working out and when I'm doing my morning knowledge walk. Definitely audio. To me, if you can't explain something in pure audio, you're not very good at explaining something. If you need a whiteboard, then you should just get better at explaining. <laughs> so. That's fair enough. What, what's an audiobook that you'd recommend to everybody? Well, I mean, that's just like saying, what book do I recommend? Because, uh, you know, I would say probably, and I hate saying this because it flies in the face of one of the, ma the main laws not to do this, but I would say the book that has probably helped me the most is The 48 Laws of Power. And one of the laws is not to tell people, you, you know, <laughs> what, what you, how you learn your stuff, but it, it I, the 48 laws of power, uh, which most people assume those laws can be used or would be used for nefarious purposes, but you can use each and every one of those laws in a ethical and moral way. That's a good book if, if you're a deep thinker and, and, and you know how to apply concepts in a practical manner. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Uh, my morning routine is I get up at 7 a.m. I have coffee from 7 to 7.30. Then I go down to the gym and Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I lift uh, Tuesday and Thursday, I do just a real intense ab workout. And then I do about a 45 minute walk where I listen to audiobook. I exercise my brain. If you don't exercise your brain, it's going to turn to mush. Just like if you don't exercise your biceps, it's going to turn to mush and nobody wants mushy biceps and nobody wants a mushy brain. So I do that every morning, uh, come back, take a shower, uh, spend maybe 20 minutes dealing with any important communication with my team that is just super urgent. Then I have project hours. Most of my day is working on a project. That could be a new webinar I'm writing. That could be, I don't know, writing a new, a new piece of content for my educational stuff. Or once a week, maybe it's doing coaching calls. And then at about five, I have from five to six, I do all my, you know, I, all my communication with my team, my end of day meeting with my assistant, uh, tells me anything that I need to know about my email box, which I haven't logged into my emails email box in four years. Um, I don't do email. So, nice. uh, and then at six o'clock I I'm done for the day. Uh, and then I, it just depends on, you know, if I have my son, I spend time with my son. If I'm alone, I'll probably just smoke a ton of weed and watch family guy. I like to have stupid time because everybody needs stupid time. You know, uh, sometimes yeah. at night I will read books, listen to more podcasts or, or audio books. Or if I really need a mental break, I'll just, I'll just watch something that has no intelligence at all just to give my brain a break. Or I'll go downstairs and play pool and listen to something because I'm pool table. Or I'll go out on my, my, my Indian uh, motorcycle or maybe go, maybe go to the dinner, something like that. So yeah, it's pretty much it. Uh, pretty boring. Sounds like it sounds like we'd get along, bro. Because that's basically my idea of a good time is watching something hilarious and uh, being a degenerate for a second uh, in the midst of all the busyness of life. So yeah. I, totally I don't know if smoking it. weed makes you degenerate. I think it makes you a lot more ethical and and healthy of a person than being an alcoholic. But you know, um, totally. Fair I, I would I would put that as a degenerate too. before I put a pothead. That makes, you, makes you a much nicer person. That's, that's oh right. yeah. I, I I don't recall hearing anybody getting angry and beating the crap out of their partner while stoned. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. 
Um, what is your go-to pump-up song? Probably, can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I think this is the name of the so- song, uh, Break Shit by Lil Biscuit. That's, no, I don't know. That uh, one. Is it, is it, uh, it's, uh, maybe yeah, it's I called don't know that one, but we'll, we'll, we'll get the name of it and we'll add it to our. You can bleep that out. Okay. Your, it's, it's, uh, Lim, it's Lim Biscuit, and I'm not traditionally a Lim Biscuit fan. Uh, maybe it's called Break Stuff or something, but that, and I, like, I'm not version. a Limp Bizkit fan, but I, I, that song, it's very hard to not get pumped up when listening to that song. And then uh, what is something, putting business aside, just general life here, what's something that you just are not very good at? Probably basketball, dancing. Those are solid answers. In, in other words, I, I'm very white. <laughs> very white. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, dancing. Uh, I can't sing at all. I can play guitar like a, like a mother, but I, I, can't, I can't sing. If you want a business uh, thing that I'm not good at, or at least that I'm the least good at, it would probably be managing a team, which is why, you know, as an entrepreneur, I try to think outside of the box. So I found the impl- the one employee in my company that seemed to be really good at that. And I nurtured him on, on that, got him the training he needed. And I let him become operations manager because, and I was talking about this with Perry Belcher. We were both saying that basically if we walk into a room and start making decisions and telling people what to do, we're just going to screw everything up, you know, and we're going to get angry and we're going to get frustrated. So it's, it's good to have an operations manager. That's that changed my life. Yeah. I love hearing those types of things too, man. Cause it makes the whole story more relatable. If you know that you don't have to be the one to master every single part of the process in order to become successful, you just get good at yeah. one or two things and then fill up the rest of those roles with people who are good at those things. So um, as we Absolutely. get everything wrapped up here, brother, what's one place online where you want our listeners to go to connect with you the most? I guess I should say the Dan Henry show because that's my podcast and I always forget to promote my podcasts on podcasts. Perfect. But I would just say, honestly, getclients.com because that's like a central hub. It has my blogs, which which goes to my YouTube channel. I'm, I'm doing a lot on YouTube these days. It has my podcast. It has uh, my book, Digital Millionaire Secrets. It, it really just is like a complete hub of all the free content that I put out. So I would say go there. Uh, and I'm, I'm very, I'm very uh, active on Instagram as well at Dan Henry. So I would just go to getclients.com. It has, has everything there. So. Perfect. So if you want more from Dan, which if you're listening to this right now, and you're an entrepreneur that wants to sell more of your stuff, which is basically everybody listening to this right now, then I highly recommend going over to getclients.com. First off, just pick up a copy of Dan's book. It's a, it's a bestseller and I highly recommend uh, going through that. It's a real bestseller. It's not an Amazon bestseller. Yeah, right. It's, it's an actual bestseller. It's a Wall Street didn't, Journal. You didn't just pick a subcategory of a subcategory in Amazon and get your three friends to buy it. It's like an actual yeah. bestseller. Yeah. With Wall Street I, I feel like I have to point that out these days because everybody has a bestselling book if, if it's totally fair. Totally fair. So yeah, pick up, pick up a copy of his book, it's, especially if you're selling online, guys. Um, I, I 100% recommend everything that Dan does. I've learned a lot from some of the content he's been able to put out. Um, and then check out, the, check out his podcast. You obviously like to listen to podcasts and entrepreneurship podcasts. So if you like to what Dan said today, go Make sure that you pull up whatever podcast app you're listening in, search uh, his name or his show name, and um, and then go subscribe, leave a quick rating review. Dan, thanks so much for taking the time, brother. I think this is an awesome conversation. Covered a lot of stuff, and uh, I think it's going to be largely valuable for the listeners. So I had a blast. Thanks, man. I, I had a great time. Hope to come on again. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to TravisChapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. 
Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.